Are you looking for the perfect rehydration drink to support your active lifestyle? Well, my friends, look no further than Hoist. Hoist is there for you whether you're going to use it pre-workout, in the middle of your workout, in between sets, after workout, maybe if you're traveling, if you feel that dehydration headache sneaking up on you, or maybe if you just had a late night the night before and you need to reset and get back after it. With three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks with half the sugar and no high fructose corn syrup, no artificial preservatives, sweeteners, or dyes, Hoist is BPA-free, it's kosher, and most importantly, it's made in the USA, baby. We all use Hoist, and I can't speak highly of it enough. Whether I'm doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I'm out doing tactical operations, or I'm in the gym trying to make sure that I'm harder to kill, Hoist is always there to support me. With five delicious flavors you can pick up at your local grocery store or gas station, I love the dragon fruit, but you can try the orange, watermelon, peach mango, or strawberry lemonade. Hoist knows that you don't do normal things, and you might be out in the wilderness on a hunt, or you might be on a long ruck. Well, they hear you, and they've also got three delicious powder packs that you can mix in water anytime you want it. Peach mango, grape, and that fruit punch is that hitter for those packets. So go check them out. If you need IV level hydration for your normal everyday-to-day activity, or if you're trying to get after it working two workouts a day, Hoist is there to support you. Go check them out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ones Ready Podcast. You're in the team room. You just have Trent and I today, so you're just going to suck it up and deal with it. Aaron's out uh, doing his thing, probably being doing PJ stuff, maybe giving some IVs, cutting some clothing to, you know, do a tourniquet or I don't know. He's, See, telling, that's brother, he's telling brother the tourniquets are garbage. What are you using this for? He's going all disaster on them. <laughs> Yeah, Dizzy's been uh, been going ham on the the medical stuff recently. I noticed. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry for interrupting. You ain't interrupting me. It's just me and you. Um, yeah, so kind of what we wanted to talk about, and, and this is kind of ad lib for everybody that's out there. We had a guest, uh, not actually, they didn't show up, and we haven't haven't actually thought this through. And we said, hey, let's let's cover some things that aren't great. Uh, about the job because we try and be as transparent as possible with all of you and um, you know we we give you a lot of I think we give you a fair amount of good and bad but like most of our stuff is positive because there are more positives to negatives um, about the job but that doesn't mean that there are not bad days uh, or things that are not enjoyable about the job so like no kidding we we don't have a list we haven't written anything down these are just going to be things popping up top of our head. So we will probably miss something, but like, I'm going to dive right in and say, uh, I'm going to say EPRs and, and, and 1206s, oh. which are uh, enlisted performance reports. And the 1206s are like the, the award packages. Um, I'm saying that because that's kind of what, I don't know anybody that likes it. Um, mm-hmm. They're tedious, uh, especially, especially at, at, my my position that I sit in, uh, I see a lot of them, uh, you know, around 100 and, 186 or so of them. But hey, uh, you'll learn it once you come in. <laughs> dude, you went straight to like the worst thing that we all hate. Like you just started at the bottom. You're like, what's bad about our job? And it's kind of like what's bad about every enlisted person's Air Force job. You know, like it's EPRs. EPRs are... They're pretty horrific. Like, you know, no offense to the, the people in charge of everything, because I'm sorry, 
please don't fire me. Um, <laughs> but like you have to write them in a certain way. And especially for people, I think in our community that we signed up to do certain things, you know, like, like you said, like it's all the positives, all the, all the cool stuff that we get to do. And then once a year you have to sit down and, you know, or, or if you're a supervisor more than once a year and then type out these, like talking about other people and, and making it all make sense. And it's just not something that gets anybody excited. Most certainly. And it's, it's not just enlisted that the officers have OPRs as well, or officer performance reports. So yeah, but theirs are way um, easier. Theirs, are, not theirs looks like yours with way fewer bullets because of the, I'm going to try not to use my hand quotes right now because I don't want to insult anybody, but because of their level of responsibility or whatever, scope of responsibility. Is that why mine are so short? <laughs> well, yeah, because if you're, uh, the, if you're a chief, sorry. No, 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 go for it. If, if you're working on like strategic level items like for everybody out there, like if you're a chief, you're probably only going to get like two or three things accomplished per year because they're huge process oriented, uh, affecting squadron level and above uh, things that you're working on. Whereas as, as a, like an E4, you know, you're just like knocking out stats on doing your job the whole time. So you should have like this whole list of stats that you've, you've been doing. So it, it makes sense, but I still get all grumpy when I, I look at my wife's OPR and I'm like, what is this? How come you only have to put that on like this many bullets? This is nonsense. I have to, I, I still have to come up with, I don't even remember how many tons of them. 13. Now, I, now I'm, now I'm complaining again about yeah. Yeah. So, for, you know, when we when we talk about bullets, and and this is changing, the Air Force is changing this. But um, we talk about bullets. I mean, we're we're talking about no kidding, like you know, bullet statements that try and capture uh, what you have done over the last year. Um, you know, it's a lot of stats, and it's a weird way of writing. It's it's not like you're writing a, an essay or a, a you know a background paper or anything like that. They're just the Air Force has very interesting and, and unique ways of writing. Um, but it is changing to a narrative type format. Um, and that will be, and I don't want to get a, in front of the Air Force because I've, I've heard a few different things. So I've heard the tech cycle and then I've the next tech sergeant cycle. And then I've heard the new mass sergeant cycle, is, uh, which would mean that they're moving it forward to the left, which is good. But nobody really knows what the narrative format looks like, except for the folks uh, up at half that are working on it. So Everybody's kind of anxious, anxiously waiting to see what that looks like. Um, so maybe it won't be as bad. I just hope they keep the chief um, EPR as short as it is, because that was that was awesome. That was one of the best things about becoming the chief. <laughs> it's like, hey, it's EPR time. And then uh, here are my four bullets. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I think 1206s are worse for me because there's there's nothing worse than my supervisor coming up and being like, hey. I need you to come up with all these bullets about yourself because I'm going to put you in for an award. And you're like, dude, I don't, I don't, I don't need it. Like sometimes, uh, like to be fully transparent, I do put in 1206s or or my supervisors have, have gotten me to do it uh, to help promote to certain ranks because it gets a lot more important, I think, later on down the road, especially if you're looking at annual awards. And in my career field, um, it's, it's not that hard to get annual awards, uh, the functional ones, because we're so small. But it means something when it gets to the board. So if you're going up against a, a, other guys on the board and you have an, an annual award, it, it does mean something. But, you know, at this point in my career, if you come to me and be like, hey, I need a 1206 for a quarterly, I'm like, bro, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not doing that. 
maybe not for you, but for, for other folks, it definitely matters. I mean, like when we sit on the, the boards to, to promote senior airmen to staff sergeants, like those, those quarterlies definitely, uh, definitely help. But man, we, I, I went right off, right off the bat with something heavy that nobody really likes yet are extremely important to, uh, people's, I mean, you talk about affecting people's lives, like no kidding, people's pay, people's assignments. Um, I mean, the, you know, how, how fast or slow they progress in their career in terms of related to promotions. I mean, it's all real important stuff, but it is, it is very tedious, especially when you come in to um, shoot, move, communicate, drive dirt bikes, skydive, you know, scuba dive, whatever. Just what it is what it is. Yeah, but all right, moving on. What do you got? Can oh, I just, go for it, man? You got something else thing. to dive in on a EPR? No, no, I'm just saying. I just you know me. I have to like find positives with EPRs and that kind of stuff. There's there's everybody has strengths and weaknesses, right? And one of the best ways to be a valuable member of any team is to take the thing that nobody else likes to do and to become really really good at it, right? So like all the things that we're probably going to bring up that are negatives. Like if you, if you get really good at that as, as a, you know, minus like being gone all the time or whatever we're going to talk about next. Um, but like skydiving, right. There's guys that are really, really good at that. And they, they bring great value to their team or diving and all these other things um, where they're, they're not just there to, to do it. They're there to, to lead and supervise and show everybody the way uh, same with EPRs and, and paperwork. You know, if, if you can get really good at that stuff, you know, and we see it in the training command when we talk about, you know, some of the systems that we use. I'm just saying like, that's a good way to, to stand out is to be good at the stuff that everybody hates doing. Or if, or if you yep. suck at your job, you no, know, that's a hundred percent true. That's a hundred percent true. Um, it's a fine line though, before um, you end up the, the catch all for everybody. Everybody's like, Oh, Peach will do it. Fuck it. He's got it. I'm going to go yeah. out and then you end up being the crutch for everybody to lean on. But no, you're 100% right in terms of, um, like, I, I know we've got two phenomenal jumpers at the, uh, I know three phenomenal jumpers at the unit right now. And they are, everybody goes to them to ask about about stuff. It's uh, it's cool being that subject matter expert. Yep. What else do you want to talk about? You want to talk about being, being away from home all the time or what do you want to? We can do I mean, that. That's like the usual. I, I get the most questions about that. Like, how often am I going to be gone? It's like. Well, hey guys, um, and gals, and other people, whatever. Are we still people? I don't know. Moving on. Um, uh, you're going to be gone a lot, especially like like uh, Peaches was saying. Especially if you're good at something, or you're uh, you take every opportunity, and you say yes a lot, and you want to keep progressing in your skills and your career and everything else like that. It is a little bit up to you. Um, however, if if I mean personally, I will judge you if you pass too many opportunities in a row uh, because you want to be home. And if, if things are not, you know, maybe, maybe I don't know what's going on at home, but we're on, we're on team for a reason, you know, to be, to go out there and get after it and you're going to be gone a lot. And it, yeah, it's a, it is what it is, but uh, it's not always easy, especially as you get older and kids and all that other stuff. No, you're definitely a, a victim of your own success in terms of, you know, if you, if you're good or you're that person that is chasing um, being being the best on team at whatever it is, like, you know, whether it's JTAC or jumping or, or whatever, surveys, 
then like you're you're going to be gone uh, a lot and then you're a victim of your own success or if you're just an all-around badass person like you know that that has good leadership qualities and you're the kind of the plug and play the go-to person and if you don't think that that's that that is not every single person on the team or or within the unit there are people that are like hey that you know they're they're good but they're not great um and then there's yeah. these people that I like, and I'm, I'm guilty of it too. Cause I try not to hit the same exact person, um, for everything, but it, it, it almost, it just happens because you're like, man, I really need this thing done. Or this is a, a very complicated and intricate task that needs to happen, needs to get done and it needs to be done. Right. Um, and then you find yourself, or at least I find myself going to the same exact person, Hence, being a victim of your own success, and then you end up getting we burn it. We burn that person out, basically. Yeah, and it, it's two sides, right? Because I, I, I'm not like a, the great operator, or whatever. But I, I enjoy going to things. I'm not. You can trust me. If there's anything I'm good at, I'm good at it's it's the some of the more technical schools or whatever that you send people to that people don't want to go to. Um, I'm gonna I'm usually gonna pass those. I don't think I've failed any course that I've ever been to, but. Um, but like I like going, I like finding out new things and, and gaining new skills. Um, so like it's it's my own fault in a lot of ways. It's like, hey, we need someone to do this. Like, hey, Trent, can you do this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, man. You know, I go home and wife's like, hey, did you remember that you just got home yesterday? I'm like, oh yeah, I did just get home yesterday. <laughs> anyway, like I gotta go uh, because they told me, you know, like, and then I probably don't explain it very well to her. I'm probably like, we all have to go. Like they told me I have to go, which. Fifty percent accurate. I'm gonna stop talking before I get myself in trouble. Marriage trouble here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Though, like um, when I, when when Donna and I moved to the two three, um, I think I was there for a week, and we had just moved cross country. Family was still in a hotel, and they came to me and said. Hey, we need some somebody to go to Germany for three weeks or two weeks, and I was like. No, 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 I'm not your guy. And they're, and, and I'm a master of that point. And, and they're like, oh yeah, you, you know, you promote, uh, you know, they're, they're looking at me as, as that kind of, Hey, go to, you haven't been on the road, but yeah, I just PCS. I'm in the middle of a PCS, but in other words, you haven't been on the road. Um, need you to go to Germany and go do this thing for two weeks. And I, I came so close and I asked my wife, I asked Donna and she's like, as we're sitting in a, we're not even a hotel suite. We're in a hotel room with oh. two dogs, two kids. And, and I was like, yeah, yeah, no, no guys, I, I'm not going. <laughs> but I was so, I was so used to it and ingrained. Yeah, yeah. I was so used to it and ingrained and going like, yeah, yeah, got it. Like, instead of realizing like I kind of had an option, you don't always have an option. You really don't. Um, yeah. But that's also bad that they would even ask me to do that. Um, if you ask a single person, like even then, I would say like, hey, it needs to be a no kidding ask, not a loaded question, but um, whatever. That's that's really specific to me. But yeah, you will be a victim of your own success, 100%. But it feels good. And like you said, it's habitual, right? And it, like my wife would always be like, is there there's nobody else that could do this. And I'm like, well, maybe, but they asked me to do it. You know, like if they come to you and they're like, Hey man, what, what this, this group asked for 
uh, like the seventh group CRIF, right? Like, hey, the, we're sending a, a South guy up for the first time ever. You know, and we, I know you just got home, but can you go do that? And, you know, like it, it validates all the time and work that you've put in that you get those, those askers uh, to go, to, to go do those things and that they trust you and it, it feels good. And uh, I think you don't realize that you're getting burned out or you're burning your family out until too late sometimes until it all comes to a head. Uh, but I mean, I think we all want to be that person. We all want to be like, you know, I walk into your office. I'm like, peaches, we got to go. This is what I need you to do. Like, what's your first reaction? Your first reaction is like, yeah, let's, let's get it done. Yep. And uh, it, 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 it sometimes comes at cost to the, the rest of your life. Oh yeah. It, it most certainly can for sure. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here yeah. thinking about how many times that has happened. Yeah. Cause it's happened a lot. Like I, like uh, Donna and I had just gotten married. We spent two weeks in Vegas, um, you know, getting married and honeymoon and all that kind of stuff. Came back. <clears throat> One dude got either got hurt or got in trouble or something like that. But um, anyway, they needed him to go for for six months on a rotation. Um, but I was already slotted for uh, another six month rotation to Afghanistan. Um, after that, so basically, what it turned out is. I would, I would leave for six months, be home for a month and leave for another six months. And, oh, uh, dude. And, and they called me and I was like, Donna, yes, no, like this is, you know, and she's like, yeah, I, I guess go for it. <laughs> think of the new car. You're uh, get yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, yeah. But that, it's one of those traps, I think, that we fall in. And I remember at the end of my last rotation that I did before I came back to AATC, you know, when, you're, when your home stress is spiking, like your cortisol and all that, and then your work stress is compounding all that, and you, you, you're taking on more than you probably should, um, you need to understand your own capacity. Because I remember my physical uh, capabilities towards the end of that rotation. Like, I'm, I just remember I was carrying something, and it got way harder than it should have been. It wasn't like, it was like a generator or something, right? And I was just like, I started falling apart. And I just, you know, I was getting a little bit older, but I just, I couldn't understand why I was struggling so much to just do what was normal. But, you know, like calling home was was hard, uh, you know, because I, I, I wasn't taking care of stuff at home the way I should have. And then I was probably taking on too many responsibilities at work and, and putting more on my own shoulders than I should have. You know, but then it all starts to fall apart, and then I'm probably not doing as good a job I should be doing anywhere. So, um, and it affects everything. So, you you kind of have to at some point, you know, just pipe up and be like, "Hey, like I need a break." Or your supervisors should be doing that as well. Is you know keeping an yeah. eye on on your folks and making sure that you're, they're not getting burned out. And everybody's different too. Like I'm sure, you know, if I had a Peaches and a Trent on my team, I can probably run Peaches way harder than I can run a Trent. You know, because Trent's gonna he's all <laughs> fragile and. He has feelings and stuff. He's, he's going to fall apart pretty quick. Yeah, I don't. I just have a really sharp knife hand, and then that's, that's what happens, I guess. You need an instructor um, the knife hand academy. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you. This is kind of on to the next thing, but you, you, you kind of keyed me in on something. Um, you said, hey, things maybe not the greatest at home part. So what happens, um, 
and this is not from a, a psychologist's point of view or anything like that. This is just my own kind of working it out in my mind. But I don't know if you you've experienced this, but I'm sure others others have. Um, you, you're on team or you're on, at a squadron. You're you're that person that is the go-to, and it's just you're just going all the time, right? And every time you come back home, it's almost like um, honeymoon. Right. Because, you you know, you've been gone. You're just happy to see your your family, your wife, your kids and that kind of stuff. Um, and it's just that's a constant thing. It's a cycle. Right. And then you end up in an assignment where you don't leave very often. You're you're just you're kind of working your you know, normal nine to five, if you want to call it like that. And then, you know, call it a staff position like and then you're not gone very often and you're home and all those things that you were kind of kicking the can down the road instead of addressing it because you were constantly in this honeymoon period start to come up. Uh, and there, there are no kidding problems that you got to work through. Um, it can no longer be ignored. It's, and it's in your face every single day. Um, whether it's in, it's in my face or whether it's in your, your significant other's face, but, like there are things that really need to be addressed now. Um, and that is a, that is a challenge for sure. I'm not saying it's a, a bad thing or a negative thing. Um, maybe, maybe it's a negative thing in the way that you keep kicking the can down the road and you never addressed it when you were supposed to. But um, man, that is something that for real happens. And it's not just me. Like I've, I've heard several people say it. Well, how many times have you heard, you know, my, my marriage uh, works because I'm gone all the time? Like, it's, it's a pretty common thing to say on team. It's like, you know, if I was home all the time, like, how would this work? But everybody will get to that point. I mean, unless you're just teamed the whole time and then you just, like, jump into a contractor job and you keep doing the same thing until, you know, you're a grandpa or whatever. Um, I mean, but it's hard. It's, it's, the, it, it's weird because the, the tools that you use to solve problems on team – um, work really well, right? And then if you're a constantly in honeymoon phase and, 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 and leaving phase, you know, those, those things are pretty black and white and they're easy and, and you don't have to deal with real world problems. But like you said, when you get into that point where, you know, you're, you're with your significant other for a few years in a row and they're used to be you being gone all the time and you're used to being gone all the time. And then you you have your toolbox of, of, of ways to handle problems. And they, they don't really work that well in a domestic situation, a long-term domestic situation necessarily. Um, and we become so accustomed to it. It's it's a different relationship. You have to figure out new ways to to get after it. And um, if you don't recognize that, because I'm an idiot. I've been, I don't want to share too much. I don't want to overshare here. But these are things that I've been working on, uh, uh, you know, filling out my toolbox to, to work on problems that aren't like, you know, like when you're deployed, Everything is, is, is worst possible outcome scenario and mission planning and all that other stuff. And you have these tools that work really well. And, you know, if this happens, we do this. Um, and uh, it's, it's very logical and, 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 you know, you have a checklist and all that other stuff. And it doesn't, it just doesn't necessarily work that way in a, in a relationship. And uh, it can cause some problems. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> well, I know Donna doesn't listen to this at all. She, she's like, yeah, you just go do your, your thing with the boys, I guess. So, uh, but if you are listening, Hey, there you go. There it is. Um, I guess next I was, uh, I was thinking about moving. Um, and that's 
you know, or, or PCS is permanent change of station. Now that's something that is, I think both a positive and a negative. Um, I joined to travel like, and I have, I've, I've traveled my ass off. Uh, so is most, most people in the air force, I guess where it becomes a negative, uh, is, is not the actual act. Well, one moving is just not fun. Whether you want to move or not, it's just not fun. Um, I was just telling, you know, I was telling you beforehand, like I've got six weeks um, from, from this recording, I have six weeks until we PCS. Um, so we're kind of on the ramp. If, if people could see behind the camera, um, you know, back there, like it's just a closet full of boxes um, that are all flattened that are getting ready. Like after this, I'll probably start slowly organizing stuff. Uh, and that's all it is. It's just a, a organized process. So that is never fun, um, whether you want to move or not. And it just gets worse as, uh, as the family gets older. But it's the, when I say PCS or moving, I actually mean kind of the, the unknown. Um, you, you don't necessarily know when orders are going to drop. You have an idea when orders are going to drop um, because there's cycles. But you never know if you'll end up, you know, on the, on the block to move. And if you do, what the location is. Now, as you progress in rank, the the available positions shrink, um, the locations shrink, and the process also gets a little bit more. What would you call it, Trent? Like uh, maybe a little bit more established or solidified. Like there's, yeah, a little bit more predictable. Um, I mean, cause as, that's as only because the nine, pool gets smaller. Yeah. I guess seven, eights and nines, we kind of by name people uh, because we know all the, the, the mass aren't seniors and, and chiefs are a different thing. Cause they're handled by the chiefs group. Uh, but even you, you know, um, you know, where the openings are coming, you know, all the other chiefs, uh, like I know every E8 in my career field. So like, I, I, I see every available uh, position I can go to. And then you kind of work towards, you know, the solutions that you want or don't want. And then you, there's a conversation about who's right for what position after someone gets promoted, it's, you know, that conversation happens, but as like an E four or five or six, it's a, it's a little less predictable. And then it, it's a lot of, it's a numbers game. And I, I hate to be like, I don't want to be glib about it because I was thinking about this the other day. It's, it's, it's easy to um, go through the assignments process and not, you know, think about how it's impacting an individual. You know, because, like, it, it's easy when you get older to just be like, well, I did it. They can do it. You know, like, I don't care if you have to move, you know, like, suck it up. This is what you signed up for. But, I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. And 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 we try our best to to take into account everybody's personal situations. But you just, at a certain point, you can't. And there's this entity within the Air Force called the Air Force Personnel Center that is maybe the most powerful entity within the Air Force when it comes to everything. And, uh if, if they say I have to move someone to this location, I have to move somebody. And if everybody that, that is available to move has a personal situation, like what you don't see behind the scenes is, is the personal situation of everybody. And then everybody's, whether you, you like your, your, your chief or not, I'm telling you that I'm going to have an argument with every single chief at every single squadron about pulling one of my guys out of AFSOC to bring him to AATC because no one wants to lose. This guy is critical to the success of my squadron. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm sorry, but he's got to, we got to move somebody. It's, 
so that that's what happens on the on the backside, but on the assignments, I, I went down the assignments rabbit hole a little bit. No, it's it's good though because I, you know, uh, you and I have had those conversations about folks at my unit, you know, um, about like, hey, you're pulling this guy, and I'm like, oh, come well, on, don't, you know. And if their team leader is also a member of this podcast crew, then I have to have multiple conversations, not only with their chief, but with their senior that comes out and be like, what's going on, man? What, you know, like, and it happens a lot. Cause you know, at our level, we kind of know most people and I'd be like, you know, we didn't see this coming. Why is this happening, dude? Like, don't you have all the power? It's like, I have, I have a lot of flexibility, but at the end of the day, like numbers are numbers and things have to have to happen. The best part about it is when somebody comes to me and going, yeah, freaking, you know, my functional is, you know, just like, he's being a real asshole or something like that. Or he's like, he's just giving me a hard time. He's not saying, it. I'm like, who, who are you talking to? I, seg, seg, I, I don't know. It's, 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 I'm like, okay. I was like, all right, well, you know, I'm sure he's got good reasoning, but I'll reach out to him. I'll really hammer. I, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call him right now. <laughs> but you know it's you brought up a good point about the uh about the family situation and stuff like that in terms of you know everybody's got this thing going on that for me is is frustrating because not the all right the, you know the whole operational thing hey you got to take this guy to move and that's that's awesome the frustrating part for me is when i have somebody who has a, a not necessarily a family problem that meets the humanitarian um, criteria. And I'll, I'll remind me, and we'll, or, or you can do it, um, talk about what the humanitarian options are. But, um, you know, their, their situation with family doesn't necessarily meet humanitarian criteria. But, man, if we could, if we as a community could help this person out, um, because maybe it's not their immediate family member that is sick and dying. Maybe it's their, you know, sister-in-law or their mother-in-law or something like that that is, you know, not well and needs care or something like that. Like, we're usually, usually pretty good about accommodating that. But the problem is that, like, we have, we're very limited on the amount of places that we as a, a 1Z career field can go, you know, like in the Pacific Northwest up here, really, unless you go guard, which is down in Portland, um, my, uh, our unit up here in Washington is the only place you can go as a, as a 1Z to a unit. Um, then, you know, you can go down to Canon and, and North Carolina, Florida and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, if, if that sick family member or whatever situation isn't around here, like you're kind of screwed. Um, so, you know, at, at diving into the humanitarian aspect, like the Air Force is actually, and I've been really impressed. We've had two, yeah, two members arrive to our unit that on humanitarian orders. Um, and the Air Force made, they approved those, that humanitarian and made it happen. And I'm talking in less than 90 days. They yep. identified somebody or somebody submitted an application for a humanitarian assignment, um, submitted a package, got it approved, and moved and arrived to Washington in less than ninety days. Like that is yep. that is incredible. Um, and by by humanitarian, and help me if I missed something here, but 
you're looking at uh, immediate family being sick or terminal or um, uh, financial hardship, I think, is one of them, maybe. I think that, that one's difficult. Could be wrong to do. on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, trying to prove that and then to prove that you're going to be the, like, you can't financially help them from another location is going to be a hard sell. Yeah. Um, but Especially these days. Yeah. Yeah. Just Venmo them the cash, bro. Like, anyway. Yeah. Um, well, and, and, and one of the problems that we have with our community, and it's not it's not a problem, is, you know, we, we go through a rigorous selection process and we hire people that are, are capable of doing almost anything. And then if we don't, you know, we're very aware of if, if people get hosed with their assignments and certain things, if you hose a guy too many times, he'll, he'll probably just get out. You know, so like when it comes to retention and all these other things, we're we're very aware of of uh, the options that everybody has when they get out, um, and the, and you know the, how capable the people are in our in our in our field. So yeah, it's 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 it's, it's easy to not be uh, you know close to the situation where I'm at. You know, like I don't have personal relationships necessarily with all these people. Um, so like that that balance is 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 always a struggle. So I just I guess what I'm trying to say is to, to the guys out there that might be listening that are on team is like, we, we try, we're good triers. Um, and then there's, there's some of those like EFMP and uh, humanitarian things that we always try to work out, but understand too, like if we send two people up there on humanitarian, two more people that wanted to go to Washington and don't qualify, like they're not going to go. Right. So like for every action, there's a reaction. Um, so understand that it's a, uh, it's a it's a chaotic game that we're playing, but we try to make everybody as happy as possible while still, more importantly, accomplishing the mission. Yep, uh, and I I don't envy the position that you know you, Good Mater, those guys are all in because um, like you you try and throw that the human aspect of it into there, but. I mean, again, you don't know these people, their name, potentially a name. You're just going off of what I'm telling you. And it's like, hey, man, I feel bad. That's a terrible situation. But it doesn't meet humanitarian criteria. It doesn't meet exceptional family member criteria or EFMP. And they got to go. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's just the way the, the machine works. So but that right there is prime example of why it's... Um, a negative, if you will. But it's also a positive. I'll tell you, with when you talk about uh, our, our folks at AFPC that we have, our assignments team, we have way more flexibility than any other career field in the Air Force. I'll, I'll tell you that 100% confidence. Oh, yeah. So if you think that anywhere else in the military cares about your uh, assignment more <laughs> than we do and taking care of you, then uh, you're incorrect. That was that pretty was funny. exciting. <laughs> you know who that you know who that was? That was our guest. That just popped in. No, that was um, uh, uh, Jared and Emily, the C seventeen pilots that we recorded with yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> they clicked on the link and just popped up. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. Funny. I was like, who was this Yahoo jumping into our studio? Yeah, yeah. We'll leave that in there. That's going to be good. It's awesome. <laughs> All right, what else? Uh, what else we got that are are not great about the job? Um, 
I mean, there, there are things that we're getting better at. Uh, so when, when Peaches, back in WW1, joined Combat Control and went through NDOC, <laughs> our, uh, our, 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 the, the internal or, or uh, native capability to take care of the body and, and, and longevity of our people, um, or the organic, I guess, ability to do that, didn't really exist. Um, so, like, a lot of guys in our generation that are getting out are pretty broke. Uh, and you, you do make sacrifices with, you know, that kind of thing. And it's a dangerous job and everybody has little injuries and problems and all that other stuff. Uh, but like, I'm not sure that's a negative because it's getting so much better. And the, the availability of care and, and maintenance is, is kind of ridiculous compared to what it used to be. Like, I, I remember, and I've talked about it, I don't know how many times, but like, even just first deployment coming home and they're like, welcome home. You can go to your apartment now for like two weeks to sit there by yourself. And then, you know, like last deployment, you come home and everybody's like, hey, man, how you doing? Did you hurt anything? Are you okay? Do you need to talk to anybody? Like, I don't know. Like, maybe you should talk to somebody before we let you out of our site. Um, the the holistic uh, uh, care process is a, is a lot different than it used to be. Oh, yeah. I, I would definitely say it's a, it's a positive. The, I guess the unfortunate part would be that, you know, before the, you know, POTA for the, the, Preservation of the Force Family initiative happened, which I think was 2012 is when it got stood up. 2011, 2012 is when it got stood up. But, um, you know, a lot of people before that just struggled or wasn't, um, whether it's physically, mentally or whatever, um, didn't have that kind of availability or access to care. Um, so that's that would be the negative part. But again, the positive is that we have learned so much from that. And that we have really, you know, righted the ship, uh, and, and it's heading in the right direction, and and only gaining a lot of momentum, especially with the help from uh, from SOCOM and stuff like that. Yeah, appreciate you, Matt. We love you. Yeah, Matt. <laughs> Check out Softcast, no. SOCOM Softcast. That's fantastic. No, I was just thinking about it the other night because I was downstairs like uh, a scratching for like an hour before I went to bed. And I was like, if I'd been doing this since the beginning, and, and granted, like 90% of that is my fault for being a knucklehead, like maybe I wouldn't have some of these, uh, you know, nagging issues that I have. But, you know, I, I think that's that's part of the, the, the cooler part of the job, though. I think, I, I don't know why it appeals to us in kind of a masochistic type of way is putting it out there all on the line. And if, if you end your career without some injuries, I don't know, like, would I judge you? Be like, well, did you really go hard? If you're not, if you're not a little broken, I don't know. It's okay. So that's, that's weird that you say that because like, I, you know, most of the senior NCOs that do the job we do, um, have, you know, um, crushed discs or slit discs, or, you know, I know of several people that have vertebrae fused or something like that. And, you know, I've had my fair share of, incidents if you will but like i i think i'm relatively healthy i mean yeah i've got some issues in my knees and my lower back and stuff like that but nothing like i part of that is okay normal wear and tear but i don't have anything that is like i don't need my neck fused i don't need anything like that and and at the same time i'm like you know, I've got guys on either side of me that are like, yeah, I've had this surgery, this surgery, you know, shoulder, elbow, like whatever. And I'm sitting here like, mm, yeah, just, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, yeah, it's it's terrible. 
I've just been really lucky. That or, or good genes, or maybe I didn't go as ham as I needed to. Well, gravity um, doesn't affect you as much because you're – never mind. I'll stop. I can't help myself. It, I don't know why yeah, I go to that a, all the time. Little, hey, I, I think that there's something to it, though. Like it's it's like a fire hydrant kind of thing, you know, just low, strong, close to the ground, you know, it's just one of those All things. Torque. I mean, you see what a, you see why a fire hydrant does to cars when they hit it. Yeah, I'm saying jacks them up. <laughs> but I, I think that's that's one of the things though too is that, like when we go to the doctor, you call it normal wear and tear, and I would be interested to know if I put you next to another, you know, twenty two year chief that did a regular job, um, is it normal? Wear and tear, you know, like our perception of, of normal and reality uh, is a little bit different. You know, like if, if and, and it, it's weird when it slaps you in the face, you know, if, if you go to a, a team gym and you're like, man, I need to get stronger because like these guys, like I'm, I'm, I'm a weakling. And then you turn around and go to like a planet fitness or whatever. And you walk in there and you're like, you, you're probably the alpha. You know what I mean? So uh, uh, setting our expectations for, for pain and, and physical fitness and all that other stuff, you're like, well, I'm getting out here out of the Air Force. You know, when you retire, you're going to be thinking you're, you're a healthy person. Um, but I, I, I'm not saying you're a liar. I'm just saying your, your bar for what is normal and healthy um, may have been set a little bit differently. Yeah, well, when it comes to pain, for sure, because, you know, you, you talk about, like, at least where I'm at, I'm like, and you might, you might be already as well, but you start talking to a lot of medical professionals and the, the veterans affairs and stuff like that. And then you start hearing like, Hey, you know, turning my head like this. Okay. That's, that's my, you know, my limited range of movement before I start feeling pain. And you're like, isn't that normal? And they're like, no, no, that's not normal. <laughs> Um, you, yeah. should, you should be able to turn your head without any pain and you should be able to turn it all the way, you know, and you're like, well, okay, cool. Oh. Uh, you mean it, it, everybody's not hurting when I get out of the bed or walk down the stairs. Like I get out of bed and I walk right downstairs and they're like, isn't everybody hurting? No, no, not everybody's hurting. You're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't oh, sound like you're oh, okay. in knees. Yeah. Like that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rice Krispies. <laughs> oh man i can't but, wait but on, it's gonna, be, it's gonna side, be fun being told how messed up i am yeah but it, it's hard to also find a, a 20 plus year guy in the community that would say i wish i hadn't have done this you know like so i know we're, we're talking about oh, yeah. negatives today and all that other stuff but like i think one of the reasons we part of it is we're older guys i think and and you you tend to look back at things with rose-colored glasses and forget about the things that you complained about as a senior airman. You're like, oh, that's just not that big of a deal because you know, you can't help that the worst thing that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you. So, um, but, uh, you know, overall, I think it's, it's so positive that it's, it's hard for me to come up with like negatives and, and to be really upset yeah. about. No, I, I do it all over again, 10 times over. I really would. When yeah. you, when you said, Hey, it's the worst thing you've, you've been through. I, I think of that, uh, Bart Simpson and Homer, Homer um, meme. <laughs> it's the worst day of your life so far. So far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, I don't know. Um, no one, yeah. no one remembers the, just the happy times. You know, if you're just, I mean, sometimes you do like that. You'll have those like golden moments, but like, 
Uh, but then I ask you about like the crappy times, like the real crappy times that you went through and not necessarily like the worst ones where you're like losing a teammate or whatever, but just like the really hard times. That's those are the true golden moments that, that make it all worth it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't disagree with you on that at all. Um, so. You did bring up something though, that is definitely a, a negative or not fun. Uh, and that's losing teammates. Um, that is, not a fun part of the job um, at all. And that's not unique to us by any stretch of the imagination. But, um, you know, when you're doing an inherently dangerous job, you know, things happen, some some within our span of control, others outside of our span of control. But, um, you know, that is never fun. And then, um, you know, dealing with the amazing families, uh, afterwards, you know, trying to comfort them, trying to guide them through um, all the processes and their grief and all that kind of stuff, plus trying to deal with your own uh, grief and loss and losing a teammate and a friend and stuff like that. That is a very difficult and not fun um, task to deal with. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, if if we're going to talk about like the big negative, like that, that is what it is, but also it, it wouldn't be the community without that, you know, and we all know what we signed up for. And it's, it's easy to, to, to look at your teammate and, you know, that's passed and be like, and be sad about it, but you don't want to, you know, think that they didn't know what they were signing up for. And I'm not trying to make light of it. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a difficult thing to be, get over. And, and, um, I don't know, I, I struggle with that a lot, but it, it's, it's, it's just one of those things, you know, that you, you have to learn how to deal with and put more tools in your toolbox and and find the positive, you know, as as difficult as it may be. Yeah, and, and I bet if you were to ask them, they wouldn't change anything either. They would they would still do the job. They absolutely yep. would. I don't you know, uh maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I, I could be. But um you know they there are some amazing gold star uh, families. And I can't remember what the, what the nomenclature is for uh, families killed in training are, but I want to say it's blue star, but I could be wrong, but you know, they're incredible families because they, even, even after the loss of their, their family member, they still support them. They still support the community. They're still, uh, many of them are still involved in the community. Um, and give give a lot back. It's it's um, really tight knit, and it's pretty cool to see. Like we're gonna have a we're gonna do something this Friday. You know, I won't say the date because I know you're not supposed to say dates on podcasts that you record. But um, like this this Friday, we're going to do something with a Gold Star family and present them with something, and they're actually going to get involved and do do a monster match with us. Which is if you're not you know what a monster mash is. And if not, I'm sure we've talked about it in the past, but um, so that's, that's all cool. And being able to bring them in and do that kind of stuff is all fun. Unfortunate, yep. but fun. Yeah. I I don't know what else to say about it, but you did, you did put something in mind speaking of things that are happening at the two, two, I don't want to just move past this about, you know, whatever, but uh, dog and pony shows. Cause it seems like y'all have yeah. been running some, some dog and pony shows out there lately, you know, important people visiting and, it's fun to see a lot of the, the you know folks I know in those pictures and they're you know briefing folks. <laughs> and, uh, it it looks you like talking a good about time. the motocross thing that just happened. Yeah, yeah. And your your 
former Marine out there showing him how to shoot and everything. I don't want to say names. Yep. He's, he's, he's a good one. Dude, I, I love, <laughs> love that guy. He brings that, he brings that prior Marine right in there too. It, it is great. Um, yeah, it's our unit specifically. And I don't know why I really don't. Um, but yeah, we have been doing a lot of, of, distinguished visitor visits and and that kind of stuff like it's i I don't know if it's the area of the unit or just kind of our turn kind of thing but yeah this last year has been like visit after visit we've had general clark um chief smith chief master or uh chief of the air force uh bass we've had the commander of afsoc and the command chief of afsoc like it's just it's been nonstop. Uh, we usually don't go any more than two months without having a visit from somebody. But. Yeah, and and they're they're good. They they put a good spotlight on the community and and shows everybody what mm-hmm. we do and, and and the professionalism and all that other stuff. But I mean, it it takes a toll. You have to get all that stuff ready. You have to take time out of your 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 training cycle or whatever else that's going on. And it's not like we don't enjoy visitors, but yeah, it's a it's a big rock to move. Especially when you're talking about the level of visitors that you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, it's good in the way that we uh, are able to highlight any issues. Like if we if we feel like we're not getting or or we are not getting the support uh, that we need or some like some minor issues. Like we were having issues with um, getting getting some stuff done to our building. Like I think it was the HVAC or or some insulation or something like that because it would in the winter time. Uh, with the amount of rain, like we'd have to put coffee, coffee buckets out there to catch some water in the gym and stuff like that. So funny enough, we had a, yeah, I know, funny enough, we had a visitor come by and we had all that out and they're like, well, what are all these? And we just told them and they were like, and you could, you could see all he did was look back at his, at his, his exec and he's like, and he just kind of give him that nod, like, Hey, write that down. We're, we're taking care of this. And that, that guy's back there writing and he's like hey i need to get your name and contact details and funny enough later on that day get contact from hey general so-and-so was was concerned about this he wants to make it one of his top priorities because you shouldn't be doing you shouldn't have you know water coming through pacific northwest rains a lot but that was fixed and funded like he paid for it um to get fixed you know really quick so those they pay the bills like they're good. Plus, I'm going to tell you from from your seat where you sit and where I'm at, like we don't get to come visit people and talk to people as often as we should um, and as often as we want to. So and they are no different. They're they are even more secluded than than the rest yep. like me and Trent, because at their level, everybody's telling them what they want to hear. Or what they, or what that person perceives that they want to hear. Nobody ever says, "Hey, th- this is really bad, and we need your help with this." Like, they just, they're unfortunately, they're kind of in a bubble, and they're not. A lot of times, a lot of times, they're not getting told kind of what they should be getting told. Well, they're, they're really far removed from the ground truth, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, and also, they do the visits. I do have one story that when I was at uh, AST, we did a dog and pony show and it was like a bunch of colonels and a couple generals or something. And I remember I sat out like in the, the, the sound 
holding onto a Zodiac for like two hours, freezing, freezing. I'm just going to say freezing. Um, anyway, so like they come in, we pick them up at the airport, you know, we, we, they drive them over to the beach and everything and the Humvees and it's all like tactical and everything. And we get these people, you know, we pull up in the Zodes, pull it up on the beach as fast as we can. Like it's, it's, I'm just happy to be moving, but we get these, these folks in the Zodes and we're going around one of the islands, you know, we have like the, uh, the ground birth simulators and a bunch of stuff going off and there's, you know, we're doing what we do. And like, it really bothered me. And I don't know why I still remember this, but one of the colonels just looks at the other one and goes, yeah, AFSOC has all the toys. And it was difficult to not punch the dude in that moment. Cause I'm like, could you not refer to what we do as toys? You know what I mean? Like I was, I got pretty upset about it. You know, like I'm out here freezing we we put on this whole show for you. And like you refer to it like we're we're out here playing games, you know. Like I don't know that. That's just a, a little story from Trent about one time when, you know, I got really upset at a colonel for no reason. I don't know. It's just, I'm sure, there are me. reasons. Colonels need yeah. to get people need to get upset about at colonels for sure. Yeah, like we're we're gonna have, and I don't know when this is. I don't know when we'll release this episode, or but we're we are going to be sitting down with Colonel Dula, who is the Special Warfare Training Wing Commander, and uh, Command Chief Popovic, uh, who is at the wing as well. So I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell DA how upset we are at colonels, just colonel yeah. like the pejorative colonels. He just he just happened to be a colonel. If it had been a chief that was like AFSOC has all the toys, I, I mean he might have got thrown out of the boat, but yeah. It, <laughs> It is what it is. Uh, it's just, I guess, I guess my problem is, is it, it falls into that whole, like, you guys are, are lucky you get to do that. Or like, your job is so cool. Like, I wish I could do that. Or the the, the lack of understanding of all the stuff that ha- has to happen on the back end, you know, to get to where, you know, we get to do all of these things. We get to, um, uh, you know, that, that that's always bothered me a little bit, you know, like, oh, well, you know, you, you know, this is easy for you because you like running. It's like, no, no, I don't like running, you know? <laughs> it's like, well, what do you mean? Like, but you run all the time. It's like, yeah, I know. Like, but pull-ups are easy for you because you guys, you know, like, no. <laughs> you know, like, you understand the work that had to happen Still to get that person where they're at. Yeah. Oh, you guys just yeah. showed up in a zone. This Still is easy. It's it. like, no, like, we, we went out here and did rehearsals for, like, three days. And it's, you know, anyway, it is what it is. <laughs> Getting Trent all fired up. You got me going. <laughs> I got me going. Someone got me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's one of us. So, um, but again, uh, that's really all I have in terms of negatives. I don't know if you have anything else, but I I know that you know we generally stay positive. I think even within this, uh, since we're talking about bad things about the job, I think we still kept it positive because in reality. Um, Speaking for me, I, I would, after everything that we talked about, I would still do this job all over again, 10 times over. Wouldn't do anything different. Oh, you got something. No, no, no. I was just going to say the, the bray doesn't keep the sun under your eyes. When it gets wet, it stays wet. It smells like wet dog and it takes two hands to put on properly. Doesn't. Okay, so I have mastered the one. Okay, properly. I guess you can caveat it with that. But uh, like I have mastered the one handed bray dawning the, if you the will flop on but the pool. uh it yeah but it doesn't look great um and it doesn't keep your head warm either no they're pretty worthless no 
I mean, yeah. we love them and also hate them. At least I love them and hate them. It's a love-hate relationship. <laughs> oh, a lot of that going but on. Again, I would I would do this job all over again. So would Trent, so would Aaron. Like, and you can ask anybody. I don't think anybody regrets coming in, even with the bad stuff. It gets frustrating at times. And really, if if the folks on team aren't aren't upset or complaining about something, that's when I have something to worry about. Because if they are not complaining and definitely not complaining to me, then that means they're plotting against me and I've already lost them completely. Like, so no matter what I say, um, they're just one ear in, in one ear out the other because they don't care and they've already written me off. So um, I'll take the constant complaining if that's, if that's what it takes. It's part of your job as a, especially as like a, an NCO, like, mm -hmm. a, you know, before you become a senior NCO, that's, that's part of the job description. It's what you should be doing is pointing out everything that's wrong and bringing it up. But you're right. Enlisted people are uh, they're plotters and they're conniving. So much like the quote said. Oh, yeah, they're uh, a sly and cunning beast. Yeah. And they are consider considerable watching, if I, uh, if I remember the quote correctly, which is absolutely true. And yeah. on that note, uh, head to the store, onesready.com, buy some merch, buy that sweet shirt that Trent's wearing. Um, we also have the One's Ready shirt. Um, check it out. Yeah, feel free to head over to Apple Podcast, leave us a review, uh, give us the amount of stars that you think we deserve. And uh, also Spotify is now doing the star thing. You can't write any reviews, but you can at least do a quick star. Uh, follow, like, subscribe, hit the bell, whatever. Because uh, whatever the bell does, I don't know. I think it gives you a notification that we're live or that we've uploaded. But who knows? Whatever. We're out here. Light up. Later.